on in our worship service this morning, we're going to, we are going to have the blessing of our shoeboxes. And um, Glenn is going to be uh, leading us into that uh, uh, prayer and the blessing. And uh, I want you to know how much we appreciate your reaching out. Because each one of these boxes goes to a child around the world somewhere. And it reaches in with the good news of Jesus Christ. Each one of these represents our opportunity to reach out and give to others. And so uh, this is an important time as we uh, bless the boxes this morning. Please make note of that. Having said all that, I don't think there's any other more announcements. Uh, we're going to continue to sing the wonder of it all. Can you sing?
gentlemen this morning, lifting up for this service and asking you to bless. In this service, Lord, there may be those that have unspoken requests that, Lord, perhaps they never share with anybody. But, Lord, you already know our need, and so I ask, Lord, that you would intervene in each life, that we would open up our hearts and open up our ears to hear thus says the Lord this morning. Again, it's such a joy and a privilege to be able to worship together as a family this morning and to honor you. And it's to you that we honor. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. At this time, uh, Lynn, who has uh, been chairperson of our Operation Christmas Child, Shoeboxes, is going to come and we're going to have our dedication of our boxes this morning.
you know how it's going to bless their lives and how it's going to be a tool to show them who Jesus Christ is. Lord, I pray you be with them as they travel around the world. Lord, and reach that little boy or that little girl someplace um, on another part of the world. Lord, I thank you so much for the generosity of these church people here who have taken um, what you've blessed them with financially and poured back into this project. Lord, again, we're so grateful for all you do for us each and every day. And we thank you for the opportunity that we have to share the good news of Jesus Christ in this small way. In your name we pray.
station, and I found two radio stations that was continuous Christmas music. This is before Halloween. I was amazed. I said, are we there already? You know, we think about the Christmas programming in our churches and our schools, and we can get to be a very busy people before the holidays. And I want to remind you that there will always be one more thing to do in preparation for the holidays. But the one thing that is most important in your preparation for the holidays is to remember who has given us everything we got. And his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I want to read this morning from Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Some of you are going to say, Pastor, we have one more Sunday before Thanksgiving, but truly today, this sermon is where it all starts as we prepare for the holidays. Philippians chapter 4, verses 13, 11 through 13. Paul says to the Philippine church, I'm not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content. Can y'all say that? Be content. Can you say that? Be content. I know it's hard for some of us. Be content whatever your circumstances. We've got some difficult circumstances around us, don't we? Paul says, be content. I know what it is to be neat, Paul goes on, and I know what it is to have plenty. I learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or whether hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I want to talk this morning about giving thanks. But that's the first place to start for the holiday season. I have three different points I want to share with you to, to, re, to remind you this morning. And it says, as we prepare for the holidays, learn to give thanks. Secondly, in our thanks, learn how to forgive and thirdly, learn how to give of ourselves. So I've already told you the sermon. We can go home now, right? <laughs> Let me expound briefly on each one of these. As we begin the holiday season, the very first thing we need to do is to remind ourselves to learn to give thanks in all things. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 5.18, In every 
reminded of Psalms 51 that, that David wrote in his time of uh, recognizing sin in his life. And David was a great man. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. But yet he sinned when he committed sin against his, uh, against, with Bathsheba. And upon his recognition of his sin, he recognized that he needed to give some thanks to, to God. When he said, thy compassions blot out my transgressions. Lord, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. If nothing else in our life, we can live a life of thanksgiving because we have been forgiven of our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. Say amen. Get excited about it. We've been given salvation. We've been given a place in heaven. The Lord is gone to prepare a place for us. That where he is, we can be also in high. Isn't that exciting? Some of you say, well, I'm just not ready to go yet. <laughs> Being honest with God, realizing whom our blessings, all blessings flow from him. Learning to give him thanks means to count our blessings. No sad, no hymn of the church. This is count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings and see what the Lord has done. Learning to give thanks means counting your blessings each day, each and every day. You know, none of us are promised tomorrow. You know that? None of us are promised tomorrow. But we do know that what we've been given today is a blessing from God. It is a blessing to live. Counting your blessings. Psalms 103, I use it a lot. It's one of my favorite psalms. It says, to bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. He forgives my iniquity. He forgives my sin. He heals my body. He renews my strength like that of my youth. And my, we need to be a thankful people of God continually. Again, it is a way of life. And then learning to give thanks. We put thanksgiving into practice every day. They say that thanksgiving is the queen of virtues. As high as you can get. It's the highest form of prayer to give thanks to God, affirming God's promises, and to know that nothing belongs to me. What you think you own, you don't own. You know, after you and I are gone, there's no other way to You know, we've just uh, buried my mother-in-law in the last month. And now we need to go through all the legal processes of going through everything that she's uh, she had. And it's unbelievable how many things that she had that she never used and she never needed. Isn't that the way we all are? Everything we've gotten has come from God. And it is to be committed to 
just throw this scripture out because it reminds me. Give me thanks. Jesus said to his disciples, freely you have received. Freely give. That's thanksgiving. This congregation does that, just that. We're not a rich congregation. Like any stretches of out. With you all use so much of yourself and what you do have to further the gospel to our missions. There's Carmen over there and, 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 and Sandy who serve in the mission field. They've given so much of themselves. And you, in part, have supported them. You give out of your smallness, and God gives us greatly. One of the things that I am not ashamed as a pastor to say, that I'm not afraid, and you probably never heard this from another pastor, that I'm not afraid of finances in a church. Because when a church is doing what God has called them to do, God always blesses. Y'all believe that? God always provides. Why should I worry or fret? He holds our future. If we are obedient and doing things, reaching out like shoeboxes, that's some of the simplest things that we can do as a church. And with support of our missions and around the world, the Church of God supports missions in 89 countries around the world. And you know what? We're a part of that. And that's a part of our thanksgiving. So learning to give thanks is being honest with God about who we are. It's about counting our blessings each day but it's also about putting our thanksgiving into our actions or into practice each day. Well, as we begin these holidays, it's not only learning to be thankful again, but it's learning how to be forgivers. Folks, we cannot enter this holiday season without learning to forgive. There's something that we will not be able to celebrate this year if we fail to forgive and if we have not been forgiven. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 12, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now what does that say? That if we don't forgive, God can't forgive us. That we are an outlet of God's grace and an outlet of God's mercy, of forgiveness. Jesus was asked by his disciples, how many times do you think you should forgive somebody? Oh, I've been asked that so many times as a pastor. How many times are we supposed to forgive? When sometimes they can't even forgive somebody once, Jesus says, we'll forgive them 70 times 7. Now, if you can keep track of 490 times you've forgiven somebody for the same thing, you're a better person than I am. What Jesus is saying, hey, wipe the sleep with us, wipe the sleep with others. Keep it clean. Forgive them. Practice understanding where they're at in their life. Practice understanding and seeing things from their point of view. You know, we live in a very diverse world. Some of the ways that people are today. 
his disciples to a people who were weighed, who were weighted down with the idea of legalism and rules and regulations on how to get to God. He sent his disciples out into a world that condemned everyone. And have you ever have you ever listened to a radio or television news program? Someone is condemning somebody. And something is always everybody else's fault. Why can't we just celebrate the Prince of Peace this holiday season? And let's put our fault as Jesus wanted it upon him on the cross. Where it was nailed. And he said, it is finished. Our salvation was finished. You know, there's some barriers to forgiveness. You know, one of the, the barriers that we have in unforgiveness is because we will be forgiven only as we forgive. My children reminded me of that at one time when I punished them. I'm sure yours has never had that incident in your life. When I had punished one of my children in their younger years, I remember one of them, they were raised in Sunday school, so they knew the golden rule, they know, knew the scripture. And he looked and said, Dad, you're supposed to forgive me or you won't be forgiven. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that one down. We cannot, one of the barriers to our forgiveness is our failure to forgive others. We have guilt in our lives, and that harbors unforgiveness in us. It's our outlook on life. It becomes a barrier to forgiveness. Well, we live in a, in a society and a culture that is hit for that. We're always blaming somebody else. It's always somebody else's fault. Have you ever recognize that? Even, even my secretary blames me for not giving her stuff on time. <laughs> I'll get you in here, Priscilla. I want to see if she's awake. <laughs> she did, she's very, very awake. <laughs> Third thing, learning to forgive is the freedom to forgive. I have found as I have grown in my, my spiritual life, it is important that. I have the freedom to forgive. Now, really, it has become almost, don't even think about it. If, I, I don't know about you, but I, I have been offended in my life. And I'm sure none of you have. But I've been offended in my life. There have been people that make me mad and disturbs me. And even, I want to get even sometimes. But you don't realize that when we're forgiven, it frees us to accept others just as they are because Jesus accepts them just like they are. Forgiveness brings us a new freedom. When we live to forgive, we don't have to remember who we harbor, harbor unforgiveness towards. We just know it doesn't really matter because the most important thing in life is the eternal soul. And I am not going to get in the way of anyone for their eternal journey to meet God. 
choose this morning and choose in my life to live a life of freedom to forgive others. So if you've offended me, I just want you to know you're forgiven today. And I have the freedom to, to say you're forgiven. Even Mary, you're forgiven. I'll tell you what, the way Mary treats me during the week, you just wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I love Mary. The third thing I want to say about getting ready for the holidays, not only do we need to remind ourselves of how to give thanks, and not only do we remember that we do not, this holiday season, we do not want to have any barriers to our forgiveness for one another because we will keep others from enjoying the holidays and celebrating the holidays with the true gift of Jesus. The third thing is learning to give of ourselves. Learning to give of ourselves. We have not come, Jesus said, to serve ourselves. But we have come to serve others. I have not called him called to minister to myself. But I have been called to minister to the world in which I live. To serve. Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it also unto me. Oh, if we can keep that in perspective. And sometimes we're so much, we are looking out for our own interests. We look for what pleases us. What fulfills us in life. But we were not called for that reason. Do you know have anyone? 
preached a sermon all by itself on this, and I really like it because I think it's important, especially in the church of today. When we learn to give of ourselves, God desires second milers, second milers that are needed. Matthew 5, 41, Jesus said, whoever forces you to go one mile, you see back and then there was a law that if you were asked to help somebody, all you had to do was help them for a mile. But if they had to go two miles, they were on their own. And Jesus said, whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. He also said, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do what needs to be done to free others of their burden. Be a second model this morning. There are those that need Jesus to see the real Jesus that is alive and well today. Jesus did not just die on the cross, but he rose from the grave to live within the church of today. We need some second models, people that are saying, yeah, I, I, I can do that and step up to the plate. I've watched um, uh, some football over the weekend and I heard uh, several interviews with athletes. And they say, the interviewers say, uh, well, uh, what, what do you need to do today? And, and the coach would say, well, we just need to, we need to play harder. We, we, we need to do God, make the extra effort. Uh, and, and the athlete will say, we just keep on working to find out our mistakes, and we just keep on working and working and working. And that's what it takes in the church. People that are willing to go the extra mile to see that others are brought to salvation. Well, I wrote this at the bottom of your notes this morning. Because as we get ready for the holidays, it's a thought as we prepare for Thanksgiving. And it says this, can I 
they satisfied with Jesus? Amen. Jesus is enough. Enough for you. Enough for me. May God bless you. As we enter our holidays, first thing we're going to do is we're going to give thanks. And we're going to proceed from there. May God bless us as we go this way. May his face shine on you. And now he doesn't shine with frowns. He frowns with smile, Marlon. And uh, may his face shine on you as you go to serve him and be a, a blessing to this world in which you live. God bless you. Amen. Amen.